I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Welcome to the very latest edition of the Premier View Tipperary GAA podcast. Don't forget to give us a follow if you haven't done so already on Twitter. We are at Premier View Pod. On Facebook, our page is the Premier View Podcast and on Instagram, where we are Premier View Podcast. We have up-to-the-minute news on all things Tip GAA across all our socials, plus the odd giveaway, so don't miss out. If you're a Spotify listener, don't forget to hit follow and also hit the bell so that you never miss a podcast episode. Hello and welcome to the Premier Group podcast episode number 105. It's a bumper edition today after a cracking game up in Turles, Tipperary and Limerick played out. An exhilarating draw, one point apiece, puts Tipperary on the edge of qualification for a Munster final, puts Limerick in a much trickier position with a much win game versus Cork this coming weekend. We've got a packed panel and a lot to discuss, be it from Rhys Shelley's Debut clean sheet to more Noel McGrath magic. Brian O'Mara making his mark in midfield or in centre back. And our own yellow helmets of Keown Mara showing up to make an impact on the biggest day in championship. Right, lads, Stephen, I'll go to you first. What a cracking game to witness up in Semple this Sunday. Pleasure to be at. Pleasure to see the square. You know, absolutely crowds. I think everyone enjoyed it. Tip led, you know, almost from pillar to post. Could be said that we were very unlucky not to get the win, but at the end of the day, we needed a free then to, to level the game. Your thoughts on this absolute cracker? Yeah, it is just it is a great day all round. All round. Weirdly, waking up Sunday morning have that nervous confidence. You know, you 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 feel like something's going to happen, but you just don't want to let it out because you know ultimately you don't want to be disappointed. Like, but. Uh, there was a the air of confidence around Turles on Sunday. I thought it was electric even before anyone got into the stadium. And um, just coming in by the golf club, club there, the traffic started building and it just started feeling really membership, you know. And uh, getting into the stadium and hurling, and then when they came out, the touch of the I think 
on. I see them all sitting down with the bibs taking the pictures. And I said, what are they doing? Then it dawned on me what the bibs were and the sponsorship on it for the Dylan Quirk Foundation, which I thought was an excellent touch. And the the fair of Hurland served up to the Tipperary public, to the GA public, was, I thought it was unreal. And before we talk about the skills of the game and the scores on show and, the, you know, that what, what we ask for, the fundamental, the, the, the bare bones of what we ask for is heart, desire, determination, all these things, forefront, absolutely everywhere in the stadium, supporters and players. And it was just, it was a great, like, I was wrecked coming home from the match. It was, it was just a brilliant match and a brilliant performance from Tipperary. It's going, it's going to be the last I say on it when we compare it to what we went through last year. It'll be the last I touch on it now because I think we're finished with last year. But the Tipperary team are back and uh, Sunday Sunday shows the whole country we're back. Some brilliant performances, some real big leaders on the day. We had our usual, we had, but we also lads that went out, did the job the tankless stuff, you know, uh, Dan McCormick doing a job on, I was fascinated. They were, they were marking each other in front of me and it's, it's hard to take your eyes off what, what Dan McCormick was doing to him. <laughs> you know, like just, just annoying the crap out of him being everywhere, he was, everywhere he was going in his pocket. You know, it was just, it was just a brilliant detailed job and executed brilliantly. And then you had normal grad usual magic, like, we could talk about Noel McGrath all day, but one person I, I looked at closely was uh, Jake Morris because I don't think Jake set the world alight against Limerick the last couple of years because of their physicality. You would not... The Jake Morris of last year and the Jake Morris to, uh, of uh, of this year is chalk and cheese, and that extra splitting and condition, an extra year under his belt has done him the world of good. And um, I think yeah, Sunday was a real... Uh, as a real throwback to, to when we were at our best, you know, and it, it gives it gives the whole the whole county confidence going forward. Absolutely, and Colin, like you know, it's our old friends down in Waterford. You know, we still have to, a job to do next Sunday to secure qualification and hopefully a bit more monster final or definitely a bit more with a win. Um, I suppose you mentioned on on this podcast maybe a bit of frustration about losing leads late on this year. Maybe there's something creeping in there. And how would you have read? Uh, would you be as optimistic as Stephen going forward or still a little niggling bit there about kind of having lost the lead late on again? Well, look, Kevin, I suppose coming out of the Cork game, I'm sort of disappointed that we didn't win. Coming out of the Limerick game last Sunday, I, I was much more satisfied, even though we didn't win. So the kind of contrasting emotions, the Cork game, I thought we should have won and it was a point left behind. I had this feeling after the Limerick game that it was probably a point one. I mean, if you're, if you're a point down in injury time to the All-Ireland champions, you're taking a draw all day, every day. And look, if we'd been offered a draw before the game, I think realistically we could have taken it because, you know, it's easy to be wise after the event. And, you know, I, I, I share a lot of what Stephen has said. And, you know, I woke up on Sunday morning with that sort of nervous anticipation as well. But, you know, I'm not going to come on and say, contradict what I said, you know, to people that I met on Sunday morning that I thought, gone to my head, I thought Limerick were going to win. That's been honest with you. And I think, you know, there was a fear there that, and, and that fear almost became a reality at the start of the second half when Limerick came out and rattled off four points one after another, like, and you are kind of looking at each other. But, you know, to be fair to the boys, like, we look a lot fitter, more organised, more together. We're much more tactically aware, better prepared, hard work, and 
I mean, I'm sure Sean will talk about the stats in a few minutes, but I've never seen a tip team put in as many hooks, blocks, tackles. I mean, it was incredible. And, you know, I said on Premier View maybe on Sunday night that sort of one of these people who'd kind of fallen out of love with inter-county hurling the last couple of years to an extent. But Jesus, Sunday, like you couldn't help but being very proud of the, the team and, and the supporters and the whole occasion was just brilliant. Um, so, you know, to answer your question, yeah, I, I was happier after the Limerick game than after the Cork game. I certainly think next Sunday is not a foregone conclusion. I'm sure we'll talk about it a little more in depth later on. But, you know, I saw someplace that Tipper 10 to 1 on or something in the bookies. I think that's absolutely banana stuff. Like, I, I, I don't, I just don't see that myself. Just maybe to mention a couple of the players, Kevin, before the boys jump in, particularly like Barrett, Super. I thought Ronan Marr was excellent. Brian O'Mara probably had, he, well, he definitely had the best game I've seen him play for Tip. I, he was on. He seemed to be on the ball an awful lot as well. Very cool, calm, you know, all of that sort of stuff. Stephen touched upon Noel, absolutely brilliant. Um, Jake, brilliant in the first half. Got five points. Bonner, I mean, Bonner. the turning point of the game actually for me was in the second half. I don't know if you remember it, lads. Limerick had, had scored those four points and one of the Limerick boys was coming away with the ball and Bonner got in a tackle. And not only did he get in the tackle, but he also won the ball, if you know what I mean. The ball flicked up into him. He got fouled. We scored the free games back level and we went on and got the next point then after that. So, you know, to me, that, that, that was a, a really, really big moment in the game. One thing just to finish on, I would say, I know Kevin is always trying to draw me out on my, maybe my, my, my inner negativity um, so my, my inner negativity for, for what it's worth is the, obviously the concerns around Cahill Barrett and whether Cahill will be able to start the next day there's also you know rumours about Jake Morris and Jake Morris's fitness you take Jason Ford out of that as well like to me they're three of the most important players we have along with Noel obviously but you know those three are three lads that I would not like to see to see to, to see missing just finally then and I'll shut up after this just to mention Reese Shelley as well and, and, and young Connolly from Cashel. Like, again, Sean will go into this, I'm sure, in a second, but we seem to get murdered on our puckouts when they were going long. Okay. So there was a bit of jeopardy in some of the puckouts that Reese was taking, the shorter ones. And a few times I was, you know, I just wanted to hide behind somebody, like not to watch the short ones going out because, the, you know, there were a lot of times they looked, you know, they either just made it or else they just missed, you know, and, and there was a bit of, there was a lot of jeopardy there. But to be fair to him, he landed a long range free. Looked confident, calm, collected inside in the goal. And Owen Connolly as well. I mean, I've asked you separately during the week, how did how did you think Owen Connolly played? But I think the fact that he, you know, that he was he was solid and 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 not very spectacular, but he was solid. And for two young guys, and it's only when you take their, they take their helmets off and you see how young these boys are, you know, they have nothing but admiration for them. So, yeah, I, I'm positive, Kevin. But I would I would I wouldn't be as certain about next Sunday, uh, maybe as some of our mid and northern friends will be in a second now. Oh, I think that's just a phony war coming out, I think. But uh, <laughs> I suppose we'll get to that water for game. It is a, quite a quick turnaround after what was a war of attrition, I suppose, last Sunday. The alluded to Sean, it was a very interesting game to read through the stats I think he put up. I think Tipperary had 34 scoring chances and I think got 25 out of that. So that's one that stuck out with me. Seems like a good efficiency there, but also like the work rate. Was that really shown through the stats and maybe even Limerick also being a bit off colour? Yeah, like, look, I suppose I was listening to another podcast here yesterday morning. We were giving out about cheating. We're, just, we're focusing, you know, books, blocks and tackles and stuff like that. And I can say there before, like, the 
kind of not a measure of of how hard you actually work really like uh, like do you even look look at the the Heineken Cup or the Heineken Cup final there on on Saturday like like Leinster made 183 tackles Marochelle made 73 but Leinster aren't the aren't the uh, Heineken Cup champions like so like could you like expand on that a bit Sean because I think it's a very interesting point is that well, like, basically if you have the ball you're making less challenges yeah and like See, the issue before was I think we were working really hard, as hard as we would have worked even on Sunday. But our structure is a lot better. We know what we're doing uh, off the ball, even when we lose the ball. So we're able to get bodies there where we need to. Whereas before, we're probably only getting used to how Limerick play, especially how Limerick play. And you just don't have the bodies there where you need to have them at times. So you're not able to make those tackles. And then the other side of it as well is, um, and you've kind of said it, Colm said it already, like our long puck of Waston firing. So like you have to put in huge effort to win the ball back straight off your own puck, long puck out at times. And but what, what was most, imp- what I couldn't get over was we just had, had it in our legs to stay going and stay going. And that's why we've, gone to zero after 50, 55 minutes. I remember being 2019 Munster final. I remember being standing beside Eamon O'Shea after 50, 55 minutes and saying, geez, the boys are going to zero because we lost 20 of 29 long puckouts. Like, so you're just under, you're putting yourself under serious pressure. But like, just even, there's one small thing. It was even, it was bad Tipperary play, but it showed how good things are at the moment. In the first half, I think it was Connolly got a ball and hit it down to straight down to Barry Nash. Jake was coming in behind like a train to chase Barry Nash. And he actually had his hand out pointing to Bonner. Bonner was getting attracted to Barry Nash and he was going to leave Kyle Hayes. And he just kept pointing as he was running as fast as he could to Bonner, as in stay with Kyle Hayes. I'm going to make up this ground and get to Barry Nash. And Carl O'Neill still got a pint off it, but straight away you're saying there, let's, these lads have thought about all this and it's something it's it's not just in the moment stuff it's it's they're they're thinking about these things and maybe that's what we have been doing in the last while against teams like Limerick but no like the work rate was phenomenal and I think physically we matched up I think to to Limerick you'd all probably agree that I'd say and again, like I think you're right. I think the structure looks a lot better this year. That it's there's a lot of talk gone in. Kyle Hayes being a good point of point. It just looks like that they were going to commit bodies to him to stop him getting a gallop on. Yeah, I know, space like you know for another point matching up on Flanagan correctly be another one. And I did think the sharp pokeouts went out really quick. Like, and it's actually guess you were saying about um, Colin was saying about falling out of love with the game of hurling. Myself and Donamara went to the game and. You're driving over and you're stuck in traffic there around Bursley. And we just start talking about like how the modern game is like and two man full forward lines and sweepers and loads of sharp puckouts and you know, but like we're saying, like we were in the stand the other day, there was no one giving out saying drive the ball along to Shelley, like, you know, they weren't giving out about the sharp puckouts, or there was no one giving out after saying tipper negative playing a sweeper. Like you can just show us that you can play the modern game and be ultra positive and give it everything. Like, so, like, I just thought, I thought, like, some of the sharp puckouts were excellent in terms of we got the ball out, we got to run, and you want to get running on the ball around the D because he's able to get it over the half-back line and into space. 
And maybe that's something we just need to work on because if you stay doing that, teams start dropping deep and now pockets of space appear in front of your half forwards or your midfielders. But even small things like it was a poker we got a score off in the first half where it went out short to Ronan and he went long up the middle. And usually before our midfielders would be going down looking short for the poker. Connor Stakelin was on the Limerick 65 and the very minute the ball was hit by Ronan, he was in there, he got a flick onto the break, Mark Hill got a ball and put it over the bear. So it just shows you there is a bit of clarity there. So if but Ronan gets a short puck out, the midfielders aren't bolting back towards him and looking for a ball. They're going to where the ball is actually going to go to. And again, in the past, we mightn't have had that clarity, like, if you know what I mean. Yeah, definitely. And I suppose Sean as well, Sean, it takes, it takes two to tango. And we have to kind of talk about Limerick as well. Maybe some of their go-to guys, notably Keen Lynch and Garrod Hegarty, uh, you know, both subbed off early enough in the second half. Are they showing, well, they're definitely showing signs that they're vulnerable this year, but, you know, um, how, how do you think they can rebound off this now going into next Sunday? What are your thoughts on, I suppose, them in particular? Um, like, Garrod Hegarty, the matchup Dan McCormick there was great calling. You know, like, we saw the team, we, kind of, we saw the team, we said ourselves that, because they ain't Mark Main where players were played, and that's how it worked. Like the guys, all did. that, all that talk about Hegarty during the week on the panel, up, up the golf yeah. course, and all that. Like you know, geez, you're fearing the worst kind of thing that he could explode into the game. But probably had the one true goal chance of this game, didn't he? And it just he scoffed it. Oh yeah, but like he panicked. He had in between minds. And he, it was only a half hour hit. Like it was only real chance. Barrett, Jake Morris's Bonner's hand pass to Jay is true. Like that was the goal. Like brilliant. Fit targets ago, but that was scandalous. Like, but do we say there, like, we got markup matches, like, even Jake Morris there at times was hassling Burns there. Burns, like, you know, like a forward mark in the back there, and that's something because he knew Burns was going to drive on. And Sean said, There, Jake was alert to this, and players were alert to stop the overlap, stop the runners off the shoulders, and just get to your man and make a hard on him. And like, and they said, caught Barrett in the back, then you know, Glenn Lynch were nice out of the walls as well, like, you know, so. Like, Cal got spot on, par from winning the game, you'd say. Um, we probably could have been up more at halftime, I thought, maybe. Went in three up. Kind of, was it one or two more points in as Limerick may have got a few soft scores from balls and went astray there. But, like, you mentioned Rhys Shelley there, like, Shatton's lad said he'd never experienced Shatton like that in his life. Like, the noise, the atmosphere, the crowd. Like, you know, so, like, he's earned from this and... He's clever in the second half, started hitting the ball short and going back for a turn ball, whereas working through lines. And even you said there, Sean, as well, forward behind me, they weren't actually saying hit it long, like they're, they're actually impressed with working the ball through lines, like, you know, because they're starting to see that you can't do this against him, you can't hit balls down top of Hannon. And at times we've done that, Hannon came out there. Did Hannon get two points, did he, or did he get one? He got one whop or anything, you know, he cleared the ball and the Limerick roared in, like, you know, so that's how you stop. They're the so. ones that get the crowd going, like, um, so, I think we go onwards from that, but, like, as in the injuries could be worried if Barrett missed next day, if Jake Morris is going to forward, like, you know, but lads are stepping up, like, and that, I mean, this dark plastic gave it all, like, there's, lads going off and they were wounded. Like, like people saying Tynan didn't get on ball, didn't score, but by God, he worked. He was just there, Working, running, like if you can watch what he's doing, like he had a job to do, he wasn't given the freedom of expression, like he had blown cork. So, like, he, he can do multiple tasks if you want, like, like, it's tiny. Yeah, I thought he really he pinned him back as well as what he did 
he did do. Does like yeah, right with the injuries. We had a wicked run last year. Uh, with injuries, probably did, did, definitely didn't help matters. But like the hours, he said that it's a quick seven day turnaround. Looking to it, like, like it's a shame he came, came on, you know, with forces of blood so briefly and then kind of into the se- into the second half. Is he a lad now that could be starting, Stephen, maybe on, on Sunday? Do you throw a curveball in again? Do you, you know, we'd love to see Bonner probably starting again. Yeah, you could. And look, even to take away the nostalgia of it, and, you know, you wouldn't be disappointed if Shamie Callan started next week, you know, and like, I'm not going to disrespect the man and say oh, he'd only be starting because of his name. He didn't, he he didn't get on much ball. I don't think he got on any ball bar the point he scored, mm-hmm. you know, but the, that point he scored, he was falling. I think I'd say he was nearly on his knees at the time he got the strike away. You know, like, Shamey's presence alone at the edge of the square will will uh, cause huge concern for the Walsh for full back line. If he, start, if he gets the run next week, if Jake Morris's shoulder is hurt, like it looked, why would you bother playing him next week when Shamey Cannon is, you know, he's there chomping at the bid for a game. So I, I, I think you could see him play next week and I, you'd probably see John McGrath playing next week because I think um, as great as, you know, Jake Morris is playing this, this, this week, uh, or this season, um, really, really t- uh, grabbing the, <clears throat> Grabbing the game by the scruff of the neck, and uh, Marky Ho as well has had two excellent games now. Um, but you're still going to need John McGrath, Shamey Callan. You're going to need these fellas and Bonamar again. You're going to need these fellas if we want to make a serious run in the rest of this championship. And uh, I, I, I'd be like Colm, a little bit nervous next week, literally because of where I'm from. Um, the last thing you want to do is give them any bragging rights of. No matter what, even if, if oh, Jesus, God forbid, they were to beat us, but we were still somehow sneak through, they'd still have bragging rights. You know, you still have to listen to. Them. I think we're through with a Limerick win anyway. If I my match right, bar bar two freak results, we're we're you know we're through, which you can't see like can't see at Northern Tip qualifying. Um, but I I think these lads, they're more than like I'm talking about like they're only young flesh. Like these are seasoned seasoned players they're all Ireland winners so I I, I think I, I could see Cal starting um, Seamus Callan and John McGrath because I think they have huge parts to play going ahead uh, going forward this year it's mentioned there as well on like what, sorry they're one of the players when he's like Conor Bo come on Jesus three points oh, he, brilliant. He, brilliant he was just composed he was like I'll be free now in two seconds and just made room on middle field and got the ball and looked up, he had time, and the slot rover like it was well, perfect, like, you know. That's the lad that was brought on and taken off in the game before, yeah, yeah. and then you know, Bonner, like, who was also not excellent, that's that was it. But I don't think he got a minute in the previous two games, you know, yeah. kind of sprung out of nowhere. So it's like the training must be to a very good standard because lads are able to kind of seamlessly come in and get to the pitch. Yeah, like imagine if Connor Bow hit the first, yeah. I mean, imagine Connor Bow hit the first. Attempt wide from say seventy yards out, like why the fuck's in and second ball again, like you know negativity be straight on him again, like but he's slotting over there and like yeah, that's going to do everything for his confidence, like. But does it show what they're doing in training? That's obviously the physical side of stuff, but the mental side of stuff too. Like, like he could have been wallowing in self pity, their lack of confidence, it's just from the Cork game because no matter what you do on a hurling field, if you're brought on as a sub and taken back off, 
it hurts. Like, you know, it's it's a knock to the confidence. He came in, like, Liam Cal then didn't hold it against him. They got back to the training ground. They trained away and he saw him as a, I'm bringing this man in because I know he can make an impact. In, in went Conor Bow and was brilliant, you know. And again, he, he he's the man that was at the putting his hand up for next week. You know, that's what we want. We want all these lads coming in, making the manager's job as hard as possible in the positive sense. We don't want an easy job where a lad is not pulling his weight, so he's not on the team. We want this as hard as possible. And, you know, what John showed there, I know he was only on the field for a couple of minutes. Like, the character and the guts that he showed to stand over that free, you know, still cold, probably not even warmed up properly. You know, to slot it over the bar like he was there taking freeze all his life. You know, it's, it, it, well, not only are we up to the pitch with the the fitness and the physical demands of, of the inter-county hurling and the level that we want to be at, but mentally all these boys look in top-class condition. And that's, you know, it's it's brilliant to see because, you know, the mental side of this game is is huge too. But there seems to be a huge trust there between players. Like, you don't get that... Kind of cohesiveness even working like at the backs, you know. You know, if if, if someone turns around and um, you know just bolts back trying to help their full back line. If you're a wing back, if you're Dan McCormick, whoever, like there's no kind of looking over my shoulder, going just who's going to pick up my man. They they just know that someone is going to show up for him, like, and and that's why you probably you mightn't be as worried if a couple of lads do fall for injury because. You know, when you're winning a few games or going well, you know, everyone buys into that. Do you know that sort of I suppose before we move on, we better mention Noel McGrath, a captain, uh, led by example. Um, you know, it's a great, great, almost trademark reverse pass. Um, you know, to the very end, I suppose, like right in the middle of the the melee or the the handbags at the end, kind of, I think there's a real, shows that he's at the forefront of a real togetherness in this team. It's just... You know, like the man is a temporary legend in my mind, right at the, the very front of the best we've ever produced. But it's just great to actually be able to go to see him still. He score in the 43rd minute. Remember the score he got in the second half? I thought that was... That just showed where Tipperary are. Like Limerick won the puck out. Pressure was applied. Remember Rhys Shelley took it from underneath the crossbar? Kind of yeah. flicked it out in front of him. Tip worked the ball across the middle. You know, in, in where there was traffic... Got it over all the all the traffic then into Marco, across the field to Noel on his own and over the bear. Like that was that just shows you where we are. Let's we're we're really moving on. Like that before we'd be expecting our goalie to go from the 14 yard line straight into you know that sort of way, and teams can read it like a sideline as well, you know, just yeah. Like so difficult to do, and you almost expect it kind of just when he walks over. And again, it's just very important score for lifting the crowd, which are Great again, you know, there's a bit, you, you know, there's a bit of talk, Tippy you outnumbered know, and all that kind of stuff by Limerick. But again, like, you know, Tipperary really turned up numbers, like in, in Semple, both terraces kind of almost packed as well as stands packed out. Yeah. I think, Noel, I think Noel had 13 possessions I read someplace on, on Sunday. And I mean, like, every one of them, like, none of them wasted. Like, he's just a, you know, he's like you don't want to be using soccer analogies, but I mean, I think we all agree that Messi is the greatest player, certainly of our generation. But Noel McGrath reminds me of Messi in, in so many ways. Like he's just unflappable on the field. He's a real leader. You know, he's he's vocal on the field this year, as you said, Kevin. He was involved in the bit of jostling at the end of the game. 
you know, he, and he leads by example as well. I mean, I don't think any player on, on the on the panel wouldn't be inspired by having Noel McGrath beside him on the field. And I think that's really important. And one thing I, I heard mentioned on the Sunday game on Sunday night during the commentary was that he only has two All-Stars. I was a bit surprised at that, actually. I would have figured that he'd have more than two All-Stars. But like you said, I think, he, you know, God, God help us today, he does hang up the boots, but he will go down as an absolute Tipperary legend. And to have two of his brothers on the panel and sometimes some days on the team as well, I mean, that's, for the McGrath family, that's just, that's incredible. Like, you know, I, I, don't, I don't think it's, it's a pre, I don't, not that I don't think it's appreciated enough, but I mean, you, you couldn't but have admiration for, for, for those guys. And as you said, for John to step up and hit that last free over the bar. And, and from what I understand, Cal, they were looking over at the sideline to see who was to take the free. Because if you remember, Garota Connor was gone off, Noel was gone off, and Liam Cal was pointing at John McGrath to take it. You know, so Liam Cal had no hesitation in saying, John McGrath is the man to hit this free. It doesn't matter what happened down in Cork two weeks ago and, mm. and the late free. He, he backed John McGrath and backed the McGrath that they put it over the bar. So, you know, delighted for John that, that he got the opportunity to, I don't want to say redeem himself from the previous, because he, he doesn't owe us anything like that. But it was... There was a certain sort of justice, I suppose, that John was the one to hit the, the, the leveller. Speaking of Cork there, lads, I was in No Ryan's. I got my timings wrong for the football, so I missed it, unfortunately. But um, given the results, the Limerick cheer when they got, when Clare got over the line in No Ryan's in, in, against Cork and just hung on was a sight to behold. The relief there was something else, um, you know, which is... Look, the rivalry there is massive, but what that does now means basically like a de, a de facto elimination round in Munster this weekend with a must-win game for Cork and Limerick can draw draw it and can go through, but um that's going to be that's going to be a cracker. So pity maybe Sean is, is not in the party quive. Gonna really level it up. Would you give Cork any chance here? Um I suppose you would give him a chance in a way of like they have forwards to do damage. And that forward line has troubled Limerick's back line, you know, over the last couple of years. Um, what you'd be worried about, though, is you probably will be worried for, about Cork from one to seven. And what I have noticed about Limerick this year, right, is a lot of teams are playing a lot more sharp hookouts. And it's kind of hurting Limerick in a small way because, you know, when, when you go along against Limerick, they are well able to manage it. Whereas now, the ball going out short is being varied, and you know teams aren't trying to run out in like heroes either. It's not braveheart stuff. They're playing the ball around. They're getting bodies into different places. They're just going straight direct into the full forward line. So, like for Limerick, I'd say to go full court press the weekend now, push up on the Cork book out, apply the pressure, and then the force Cork to go along because I think Cork went long on. I think they went wrong on nineteen puck out long puck outs against. Claire and I think they only won I think they only like I think what was it again they they went long Cork went long jeez what was it again 19 yeah the last 11 do you know so that shows you again we're talking about tip before you go empty very quick uh, when that happens so and you can't go empty against Limerick because that's when they start walking through you like you know so, uh, bit of breaking news there so just as we uh, Tipperary GA just tweeting there just go back to Tipperary GA can confirm the notification of a proposed four week suspension plus a one match ban for senior hurling manager Liam Cal was received from the CCCC today 
Tipperary J and Ian Cal are now considering options and will make a decision within the time frame allowed. That's something I suppose we should have covered there, Liam Cal red card. Um, going to have big ramifications, I suppose, going forward. They'll, they'll appeal that, like, because if it takes the man, suppose he can't even move the team around for the next four weeks, which, like, just lock the gates and train line. Like, it's, I don't know, like, these rules. That's a new rule brought in as well. The whole team are not allowed with the team, isn't it? That's a recent thing. Anyway, or is it? I heard it being discussed earlier on tonight, Sean, on the radio, and, and the, the implication was that the ban was not just a match day ban, it was yeah. you know mm. a preparation of the team. But I mean, like there's a whole lot of stuff about this. I mean, first of all, okay, you know, whatever we don't know what Carl said to James Owens. Okay, now we know that the two of them have a little bit of history going back to the years from different games. So that's the first point. The second point is James Owens got the bloody decision wrong. I mean, I was 50 yards away from where it happened and I could see that it was wrong. You know, the game is in the melting pot. I mean, like, you know, I, I, I'm not, like, obviously, look, and, and this isn't paying lip service, we need respect for linesmen and we need respect for referees. But I mean, in the 74th minute of a Munster Championship game, if Liam Cal isn't going to dispute a, a sideline that's clearly wrong, I mean, we're trying to take all emotion out of the game. Third point I'd make about this is, I mean, why has this become an issue this week? Like Brian Lone has no problem abusing referees and abusing linesmen. I mean, Davy Fitzgerald, I mean, it's an absolute joke what he's getting away with. He's made a career out of it. Uh, John Kiley is no angel. Okay. I'm not suggesting that Cal is, you know, is an angel either. And I'm sure there was words last Sunday. But I mean, I just find it amazing that Barry Kelly down the years. Yeah. But, but, you know, why is it the Tipperary manager all of a sudden that's been, been picked out and been given it? So, you know, I, I hope I hope we appeal it. And, and I mean, we, we seem to, Tip always seem to be the ones who end up sort of carrying the can for, for, for these kind of new rules that GA bring in. If you remember a few years ago as well, when Davy Fitzgerald ran onto the field and interfered with one of our players and Jason Ford stepped in, Jason Ford ended up getting banned. You know, these sort of ridiculous, you know, arbitrary things that they come up with. And we always seem to be the ones that, that feel the end, that seem to be on the end of it. Like, I think James Owens should be the one getting a, a, a one match or a four week suspension well, because for, for, for bloody bad decision making last Sunday. As well, I think I think you know, if it was a one game ban, you might just say, Look, Waterford kinda of, it's coming quick, there's no real break in momentum and all that. You might just accept it, move on, hopefully get the win. I know what still it's still a banana skin. But like a month in peak championship season, potentially monster final, potentially all Ireland quarter final as well. And the appeal when the band would start, or I mean, there's a lot to consider there, really. Like, isn't there? It's, yeah, it just seems re- really overkill, and I think there's a lot of surprise with it. I'm reading here, Kevin. It says Cal would not be allowed to train or communicate in any way with a team or management prior to this Sunday's Munster St. Ernest Championship Round Five game against Waterford or else potential flying as player on 11th of June. In other words, he's not allowed to talk to any player manager. What if he runs into him, like, one of you know, like a what? Um, you can't really police that. Like. The there's there's loads of rules in the J that you can't police, but I'm you know, I could be wrong on this, but I think when a player gets red carded and he's serving a suspension, I'm I'm fairly sure when maybe back in the old rules that he couldn't even train with uh, with um with his team until the suspension's up. Something to do with insurance and, and things like that, but a suspension is from all club activities. Now that's probably what they're looking at, and because now it's yes, been worded, the the word, I think that's, I, I, I think that's how the suspensions were supposed to work anyway. But now, as it's tip, 
back to what Colm said, they'll they'll drop the hammer on. Like you know, as I said, the, the linesman got he got the decision wrong. And in the white hot heat of Munster Championship, that late in the game, Jesus, like you'd want to be the greatest of saints to 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 be able to bite your tongue and stay relaxed. Now, again, we don't know what he says. Hopefully it hopefully it wasn't too bad, you know, that they go down the road of uh, appealing it if they're looking for the full month and did, no contact. What did Tommy Dunn get last year? Lads? I, was, I was just going to say the same thing, Kevin. Like, I mean, the last person I can remember getting any sort, kind of a ban was, was, was coincidentally a tip man again, Tommy Dunn. So are we to take it yeah. against Waterford? So are we to take it that no, no referee has been abused since Tommy yeah. Dunn abused somebody <laughs> la- last year? Like, yeah, it's, it's, a exactly. it's an absolute freaking nonsense is what it is. the field catching a ball you know and the any take the free or whatever it was it, it, it's gone crazy now lads like you even think of uh water carriers not being allowed to be hooked up to the to you know to the sideline to lean cattle so like what you have like is you're going around trying to get tickets for lads that can sit in front of the jaw can sit in front of the sideline who are literally just talking to the management in the sideline and then going down to the side of the pitch to talk to the water carrier who can then go into the players like and then they're getting yellow cards because they're going in past in mischief and the yellow card is nothing really like so and then you look at the other side of it like like Liam Cal probably didn't say anything bad or personal to to James Owens and at the end of the day if you can't show emotion you can't fight for your team mm. you know everyone makes mistakes fine Liam Cahill is probably giving his whole life to that job. Like every other county manager, they're missing time with their children, time with their wife, everything. And to be turned around then and be told because you can't test a line ball that you cannot go near the team for a month. Yeah. Just, like, look, and I will stick up for James Owens. It, it was a bad decision to get wrong. And look, James Owens is also spending time away from his family and giving up his time. Yeah, I know. Oh, and yeah. And, yeah. And look, they're like, look, we are in an era. We see the kind of videos going viral of refs getting abused and all the rest of it and assault. And like, we are trying to kind of promote refereeing because without them, we don't have a game. But like, just yeah, why? I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Pick the tip man. Move on. No why are we picking? Why is the tip man being picked here, though? That's all I'm, I'm asking. Like, why is, like, I go back to what I've asked already. Is, so do I take it that James Owens is the first 
officials have been abused since Tommy Dunn abused someone below Welsh Park last year. Because I don't, I like, I, I've been to several matches where I've seen opposition managers abusing referees in intercounty this year. It's a nonsense, is what it is. I, I, I just think again, it's picking out Tipperary, picking out the Tipperary management and having a go at them. Like, so, like, will, will we see Davy Fitzgerald being sanctioned, Brian Lone being sanctioned? No, we haven't. It's a nonsense, and I hope the Tipperary County Board fight this head on. Mm. Yeah, Lone in particular is an absolute joke. Dave is well known for it, but Lone just seems to get away with a with a whole pile. And Claire, like Claire, you know, it's a different kind of topic, but you know, they're diving again the weekend and stuff, not not being pulled up on it. It's it's something you don't want to see. But anyway, that's back to next week. Uh Claire had their feet up in a monster final. Um Sean, I was just saw you so you'd give Cork probably a puncher's chance. Limerick need to win ourselves. Yeah. yeah. A bit of goings on in Leinster as well, lads, I suppose, with that. With that historic win for Westmead, uh, Sean, you're 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 nodding the head there. Sixteen or seventeen points down, I think it was at one stage. And Jesus, seventeen points Wexford. And looking across here now, actually at Wexford across the valley there, and it's all bad timber in it. Under the can hurt. It's all our land, not much there. So I'm um, probably heading for the McDonough. I think Antrim will beat Westmead. <laughs> yeah, that's listen to off the wall now. Last night, lads saying it's more likely Kenny will beat Wexford. You know. And oh, yeah. Antrim more likely to be for me. That's kind of push. How would you like? How would you be seventeen up and lose by two? Like it's a nineteen point swing. I just can't fathom it. Like at any level, at any level, like chance, like must have been ten up in games and lost or eleven. Yeah. Seventeen. Like last year, Westmead did draw them, so Wexford no knew they couldn't just walk into it and win. So grand, they're up well, pull the heads, but. Like that's a new law for Wexford. Like I, we mentioned a few times in the pod here, didn't we? Like saying, did they peak? You know, it should have been us in nineteen. Are their, their heads just gone from it? You know, like they're lying and they've only one or two players. There's a problem there. So, so many of them actually start for tip. Like no, one or two maybe. No, that's you think like, was so. this, Stephen? Did you mention? You know, after that incident down in Carrick, the challenge match that the Wexford lad that they did seem very together. The way they like backed up their own men and all that, there probably wasn't a sign of things to come. Yeah, t- t- like in fairness, just they were like, uh, like even it be- just before the um the the disgusting verbal uh, tirade or oh, won't uh, I don't know how to phrase it, but there was a little bit schmazzle there, and they had each other's back, like you know that's that's where it all stemmed from. There was a schmazzle there, they had each other's back, and they looked together. But I suppose. Maybe the warning signs were there at the day because I remember a lad I, I said on the pod there um one day there was a the lads standing beside me watching the match and Tip were playing with the wind in the first half they had real good lead you could see what Wexford were trying to do but they were against the wind and one of the lads beside me said um oh Wexford limping meant their game plan way better in the second half than Tip will well Tip came out in the second half and hammered the shit out of Wexford they fell asunder. So, you know, in challenge matches, you kind of say, well, she was a challenge match. They're missing a few lads. They're working on things. But maybe it's a sign of things to come. And it, to lose a 17-point lead, if they lasted against Kilkenny, let's say you'd say, look, that a, a, a team like Kilkenny can do that to you. And I don't mean to be disrespectful, but Westmead should not be pulling back a 17-point lead on, on Wexford. That was half time, look, was that? it was 60, yeah, yeah. Six, 16 and a half signs. Yeah, yeah. You know, like that's the the sign of 
the sure sign of a broken team. Now, mm-hmm. they're either not playing for their manager or, let's be blunt about it, the manager with what they're doing down there. Or it might have something to do with their new system they implemented there last year or the year before. You know, they have a split season down there as well. And Waterford have a, a bit of an out yeah, split season, yeah. You know, so are these playing havoc with their county team? You know, like... Uh, I don't know how many games they're getting in Wexford, but I know in Watford did groups of three. So you're getting two championship games and you know, if you're not qualifying, that's it, like you know, well, like I know they take the you know, not playing for the manager, and I know Sean you're kind of were at the doing a few stats from as as well, I or at the Galway game, but like they were seventeen points up at one stage. So like the manager can't go on and hurt yeah, the, you like or that, you know, a bit of a bit of savviness and seeing out a game. So like there were there were seven or eight up near what, Ten to go, and like it was, I saw Westmead's late goals. They got two goals. They're just long balls. They weren't like well worked. Just balls hit in, and they got goals off. Like you know, like spread and butter stuff. She was defending someone coming out, win the ball, win your free, settle down. He's killing. Well, I suppose you know, like the good thing for him is that they only have a week to go now. We turn around to kill Kenny because they're they're straight into it. You know, there's no kind of time to feel sorry for themselves. But it would be an absolute massive turn off. This is a bad Wexford team. They're struggling, know. they're struggling with the high ball there in around the square. Like, they've yeah. not even against Clare last year, and you saw it against um Dublin, even the goal against Dublin. And you see the other night, then, like, you know, a few high balls let in. But I don't know, like, it's it's weird because look, I know Darrow will, like, you know, and like, he he's definitely, you know, and look, I, I know from people around Wexford even talking to him, like, they, like, they have. As good a setup as Tipperary or anybody would have. So like you're getting probably detail, you know, and you know, um Corcoran there, like he's savage, savage coach. You know, you have Willie Cleary down there as well, a savage coach, won a county fine with Gory, you know. So for first ever county final, I think with Gory. So like I don't know, it's it's a strange one, like, but like you have to look at the age profile as well as some of the players, like like Dio Keefe was a huge part of that team. And he's not really there anymore. Sean Murphy, these lads. So it's probably, I don't know, like it's, look, it's tough on Dara too, because as, as we said, like Liam Cahill, all these lads are putting in time and effort and they're driving down to Wexford. And geez, man, it's not happening. Like it's, the, it's, the, it's, when you're over, you know, ourselves, when you're over a team and things aren't going well, it's, the, geez, you, you'd be fucking trying to stay at home and, and not even talk to people. Do you know, it's a hard place to be, like, but, Jeez, Leza, yeah, it's just, it's a strange one because, like, you're 16 points up, you lose. The day before you play Dublin, you hit 20-something wides and you lose by a couple of points as well, like. Like, you know yourselves that the game is so fickin' fickle, like. Like, bounce here or there and you get a couple of wins that you might not should have got. And things, you know, things take off. Do you know that sort of way? But... Jeez, I, I don't know. Like, it's it's going to be hard to see him turn it around against Kilkenny on, on Sunday, isn't it? Like, Rex for there at the end, if like them two late goals up or seven right up, whatever it was, like, like if neither of them would have won maybe by eight or nine yeah. points, job done onwards. No, that would have been it. Like, maybe let 10 points lead slip, but still, still resilience at the end to kind of feed out. Like, when it happens the other way, they would say the high ball into square. And from watching the games earlier on this year, it actually comes to mind it, it was troubling, like, but. There's probably not other players in that full back line around him to get throw in. It's just that's the kind of way it was, wasn't it, Sean? Do you know what, Les? Does it doesn't it just show you? Like if you look at the tip team now, 
look at all the players they're playing. Like they've trained since November. They've a lot of them have a lot of league games in the legs, and they are they're in great nick. And you look at some of the teams then, like lads missing half the league, three quarters of the league. Like you, you just can't spoof it anymore at inter county level. You can't just come back all of a shot. Like you remember Shane O'Donnell came back in was it two thousand nineteen. Do you know, and he wasn't hectic. Do you know, remember he was away for a while or he was in America, like, and he wasn't hectic. Mm. It took him a few years to get back going. So I just, well, like I, says it, you just can't spoof it. Any, not spoof it, but you can't, if you don't have to take shortcuts. No, you can't take, that's the word. You can't take shortcuts anymore. But the likes of Wexford, you know, around 2010, 2011, awfully before, if there was a round robin there with relegation, this might have happened a decade ago. Mm. I think it's only the change in structures is probably shining a light on how maybe off the pace they can be in certain years obviously Davey came in there got a good gallop out of them for a couple of years they got their Leinster title but you know they were really off the pace in the early part of the last decade as well but when you the know, one Kelly dominates probably um probably hit a bit of that as well but when they won the Munster when the Leinster final sure didn't they draw the big Carlo and they drew against did they have three draws or two draws maybe three draws was it Definitely, yeah. They drew a whole pile of games, didn't yeah. they? Yeah. And then you know, you hit the straps in one day, then, and you hit turn a team over in a final. Like, so yeah, it is. Yeah, you know, you'd still think though, the likes of Rory O'Connor and these lads would be able to game manage the game. Yeah, I'm not sure. Was Killian Doyle on for Westmead as well? Who'd be probably one of the He was injured, isn't he? Yeah, so that I mean, makes it worse again. Like, yeah, it is. Are, like for Westmead again, as I said, it's nearly in their interest to lose on Sunday to Antrim because then you you have potentially a Leinster Championship next year with uh, Westmead, Antrim, and the winner of Carlo and Offaly. So, like, you know, this it could be gone from Europa League to Conference League, I think, at that stage, <laughs> is what you're saying. Um, yeah, yeah, I know what I'm saying. It gives Westmead a chance and thinking, gee, we could be Antrim and the team to come up and Mary Dublin and actually come third, like, you know. Way they're thinking there. I should look yeah, at Park. Um, Park drew against Tip. Tip are fine. Bet Waterford, fair enough. Yeah. Lost by a pint to Clare, who are motoring well. Shouldn't have drawn it, like, you know, that yeah. was, they shouldn't have lost that. And could lose the weekend now and are gone. Yeah. And you look at Dublin, they bet Antrim, Westmead. They drew, sorry, they drew at Dublin, bet Westmead, bet Wexford, and they're in a, you know, Wexford by a pint or whatever, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like it's it is flawed. And they have a free, they have a swing in the Leinster final against Galway on yeah. Sunday. Do you know what? Like, so technically, Tipperary could be out as well. Like, if Limerick Cork draw and we lose by throwing the points, like we yeah. could have be a gone as well. Like, and he Kevin, back as well. Kevin, you won't be surprised to hear that. Bit like Sean, I give Cork a chance on Sunday because you know I I, I have this sort of fetish about Cork hurling and that I'm always talking them up at some level. But I actually, give them a chance on Sunday because I'm trying to weigh up and I don't know what the boys think about this. Are Limerick kind of staggering around now like a punch drunk boxer, just waiting for someone to land a blow on him? And as the lad said there a minute ago, like Sean, I think, mentioned it, Cork have the forwards maybe to do that, you know, that they could. I know I take the point about them from one to seven that, you know, that they're probably not at their best, but I think they might, there might be a kick in Cork. And there's a, we, we, we laugh and joke about this, about the kind of Corkness of Cork. And they won't lack for, confidence or swagger going in there on Sunday but geez lads I'd give them a, I'd give them a fair chance now I really would you know and it, I would like 
well, there's serious um, jeopardy here as well. Limerick like, only you know. scored 25 points on Sunday as well against Stip. You know, that against Cork probably, if they only score 25 again, Cork have a right chance. If they get a couple of goals, if King, but like Kingston, for example, if he can bury a couple of goals there, like, which is, I think they will need to beat him on paper, Cork have a chance. So then look, Limerick, it'll be like they're out all of a sudden then. The championship will just explode, you know? Yeah. I think. They still only have lost the game, though. Let's, I mean, think about it. Like, and they lost the game by a pint. Yeah, exactly. That's it, Sean. Yeah, that's and, it. And it's so tight now. Like, and it just, they're probably, look, for me, two of their marquee players aren't playing well. Keen Lynch and Garrow Tegarty. And I think any team who rely on those type players, they're not playing well, are going to struggle. And the other thing I think is, and look, your your question, uh, what uh, manager was one hot for All Ireland? But like Kyle Hayes had one shot in two games. Like if you look at the All Ireland semi final and All Ireland final last year, he was their go to man in the forwards. Like you know, in the two in semi final and final. So I don't know. Just I, the, he he doesn't doesn't seem to be playing any of those young lads like Colin Coughlin and they're not they're not getting thrown in, are they? O'Neill was good though. Oh, O'Neill was excellent. Yeah, you know when they are getting thrown in, but it's just yeah. I... Yeah, it's back. It's back to now. Graham Mulcahy again. He did have an impact. Um, if Cork can score goals like Limerick last day again, like they're trying to score these. We're saying they're scoring thirty points now, but they're not even reaching that anymore. You know, mm. so if Cork can get a few goals on them and the forwards are there, but the problem is if Cork the backs maybe they do a tip on this, pull them out, break the ball, turn it over there. Like I don't know if they can maybe. I know. The other side of his Cork put in a savage effort as well the weekend, like yeah. So they threw, they threw every night clear. Uh, like right, guys, before we round up football, party Tipperary football at a low ebb. Um, probably a win against Waterford by my maths probably won't even be enough to kind of get you a preliminary quarter final in the Talton Cup. Yeah, like, Stephen, you were in there anyway, so yeah. For me, for me, sins, for your yeah. sins, even yeah. Uh, yeah, I got up there nice and early. Um, the match, you know, uh, one of the lads had uh, the um, the car. I just couldn't not uh, watch the football, and uh, I don't want to disrespect the players because I know they give their lives playing football, but it was brutal stuff. Sideways passing, slow build-up play. A lot of not mobile fellas, I, I I'd call them like you know the the that zippy pace wasn't there, and then and even in the first half we were we 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 <laughs> it's fair I was part of it, but Tipperary created two man full forward line and a lot of most of the other players were out good bit out past the forty five and you know it's if it was a kicking game you would get a ball get it in early you know air lads know what's coming. They're out in front. No, we just walk all the way up to the 45. Then we're able to get back in numbers. And when they attacked, they attacked at pace. And like they almost had about five or six balls hand passed over the bar. That's how close and how quick they how quick and close they were at, they were able to get the air goal. Look, they were no world beaters either. No, Alfred was poor. I, we we made him look like a division one size, you know, it's just that is 
it's hard. Go look, I understand the boys that those players are are giving their lives to that for that jersey. You know, they're training just as hard as anyone else. And same with the management team, like we touched on already. But it was it looks like it was really poor. We're at a really low ebb. Yeah, we see you now. You know, definitely green shoots. And shout out to the tip miners who kind of had a good campaign there. Came up short in their semi final, like after a few wins and a narrow defeat in the Darcy Cup. But it looks like you know the next three or four years in tip football is going to be all about rebuilding and stuff. And probably, look, this this management team, would you say, is probably coming to a natural end now, you know, kind of got the big one, which they'll always be remembered for. But is there any point in kind of them going on where it looks like they're maybe out of ideas? Yeah, it probably looks like a, a, a new management's needed. Um, you know, freshen up. The, the, the young lads coming through now, you know, the people taking them on, uh, you know, maybe they bring him through as well, you know, because they, they know him, they understand him better. And a, and uh, a new football and philosophy as well as, uh, would be needed. I think go at him. You know, if, if let's say, if we're in the bottom rung of football counties, so be it. But, but go at it. Have a go. You know, if we're going to be bet, go out and get bet by having a go. You know, at least throw a few punches. We're not, we're not, you know, we're, it's negative football. Um, in fairness to the management, they did lose a lot of good players over the year, uh, the last couple of years. So maybe, maybe uh, both cycles are done, and a new, a new rebuild is is needed. And um, you know, it's 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 just it's it's poor. Now, anytime a, a player puts on a tip jersey, no matter what the sport is, you want to see him to win, and you want to see him winning, and you know. Even though we, you have to understand where we are in terms of the hierarchy of football, it's still frustrating to watch them play the way they play and get bet the way they got bet. Well, like just to put into how bad they were, like you know, and look, you said, I think maybe sometimes tip footballers can get a free ride, you know, as you said, they train as hard as the harders and all that. But Waterford have a score difference here, having played the same two teams, Mead and Down of minus twenty, Tip are minus twenty nine, which is. By far the worst score difference in the Talton Cup. Yeah. Way worse than the likes of Leitrim, Wicklow and London. Minus 15 who prop up their group. So we are totally off the pace in yeah. a tiered competition. We're not going out and losing the carry or whatever in this one. We're totally off the pace. Yeah. Absolutely. And look, for me, that comes back down to the style of play. You know, if you're... If, you're sideways moving. Like if you're going to have a slow build up and then trying to execute it up top, the speed up top has to be has to be unreal. Like the the movement of the ball, the movement of the players. There's there was I I saw nothing of that on show, and I I'm no football expert. I don't know, but I just compared it to what we were doing compared it to what down were doing. The movement of down up top, the movement, the speed of our players, the 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 ball handling. It was just. It was chalk and cheese to what our lads is. And look, understandably, probably our lads are playing with a lack of confidence. But it 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 really showed the weekend. And I'm trying not to be to be too harsh on him, but it was it was brutal, brutal viewing, and it would not encourage me to go early the next day if there was a double header on. Corky Queeve, double header. Cork and Kerry at three and tip and water for the one o'clock. I think it is something like that. On Kevin, be, before we move off to Ireland, ju- just maybe just to say one thing. I'm just curious on, on what everybody would think. Like, if, like, okay, so we win on Sunday, we get to a monster final. 
if we if results don't go against us, we, we, you know, we're third and we qualify. If if the unthinkable happens and we don't qualify, how how will the year would the year be seen? Do you think? You know, just like like we've had three really good championship games. I'm just like every you know you, we know ourselves every championship defeat in Tipperary is like a death in the family, right? So I'm, I'd be interested to see. You know, if we didn't qualify, would people look back on this year and go, yeah, success, we're building, we're going well? Or is it really just all about next Sunday and to hell with what's happened the last three weeks, if you know what I mean? If at the stage we're at now, right now, so we're talking on the Tuesday after the Limerick game, if we don't qualify for the Munster final or if we're knocked out of the Munster Championship, the Hurling Championship after Walsford Sunday, uh, Everything that we did the last few weeks is out the window, and I think it's been an unmitigated disaster of a day if we don't qualify next week. That's like we built the rebuilding was in the league and the early stages of the championship. We're in a position now to qualify not only for the for the the All Ireland series, but the actual Munster final. To 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 even mention the unthinkable, let alone for it to happen. It it be a, a very sad day for Tip Harlan, I think, if that if that was to happen next week. I'd say if if Tip lose the water for next Sunday, I'd say you're going down to Stokes and Quirk on Monday morning, put the house up for sale. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be the opposite, lads. Like think of it now, right? Imagine standing this time last year and saying Ree Shelley, Connolly, O'Mara, Stakelam, Tynan, O'Connor, Q Morris, and Bo are going to be driving your team. You know that sort of way. Like that's serious. I think that's serious progress from the players number one and the management. And like Sunday's interesting because even just take turnovers, right? Waterford scored 30 points from turnovers in three games. We've played three games and we've scored 350. So like there's there's nearly 30 points in the difference what we're doing. So it just shows you the different type of game we're playing. And do you know when you say a game takes life of its own? Tip used to play Kilkenny and he used to just turn into chaos, ping pong. But if Tip can avoid kind of getting into that, sucked into that Warford, what Warford are doing, like, um, I, I don't think there'll be any problem. But I, I actually more, I, I'd be more excited now if there are a few injuries that can we even get another couple of lads starts and see how they go. Even get John McGrath back into that team and, and, and have a good 70 minutes. But I, I, I think I think the year is a win already, to be honest. I don't know what you think. I think it's a total win. I think we've got new management in. Like, even watching Dan McCormack sitting down beside Anthony Daly the other day, I was looking at Dan going, Jesus, he's in some he's in some nick. He's in the nick of his life. Like, you know, I, I, I just think, and there's no, apart from maybe Shamey and Bonner, like, and Bonner is a huge loss, to be honest, looking at what he was doing the other day in the first half. But like, there's not going to be huge fallout over the next couple of years of players either. I think there's Sean, it would be a colossal missed opportunity. Again, the All-Ireland Champions from the last three years a bit off, out of sorts. Not to be making a big impact on this champion. On this yeah, champion. Yeah. And look, I, I don't think it will happen. I think we'll beat Waterford well. Yeah. I, think, I just hope we get on top early and turn it into kind of challenge match fair, to be perfectly honest with no intensity. Knock the ball. I can, you know, I can, I can really see it kind of tip just taking over, taking over here on Sunday. I think Waterford being so brittle, you get on top of them early on, they won't want to know about it. 
Anyway, boys, oh. predi- predictions just to wrap things up. First, we'll go with the tip game. Uh, for me, I'll go for tip by 15 points. Sean Smith. Uh, tip by eight. Stephen. I want to say, give the big middle finger to Colm now for making me worried <laughs> with this fucking ridiculous uh, worst case scenario thing. But no, I'm going to go tip with 10 points. Colm. Tip by one and do me, Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I, I'm actually, I actually, I actually find myself more agreeing with Sean Flynn on this than anyone else. I, I like, I, and I was talking about this going up in the car on Sunday. Like, I mean, my feeling on Sunday was, if we were, if we got to 55 minutes on Sunday and we were close to Limerick, and say we lost the game, I'd say, Jesus, we we we've come on a bit again. Like, do you know what I mean? And we got to 55 minutes. I think we were in front, but like. I know what's going to happen, Kevin and Tip, and, and Stephen has said it. Like, if we lose on Sunday, everything that, despite the, the very measured response from Sean Flynn there, everything that will have happened the previous three weeks will be fucked out the window, and oh yeah, you know, will be useless. They're this, they're that, they're the other thing. Like, mm. they're they're definitely a team worth following and worth supporting at the moment, and hopefully, a big crowd goes up again on Sunday and gets behind them. But I, I'll take any kind of a win now, and. If you'd offered me this situation at the start of the year, you know, playing water. Oh, it's beyond our wildest dreams, yeah, to be honest, with know, Waterford so being out as well. It's perfect. I'll take that. And I'm going to go for Cork to beat Limerick as well and Limerick to be knocked yeah. out. So Sean, last up for the tip game. Yeah, I think we win by two or three points, I think. I, I just think, I think, I don't know, just Waterford are just, they're hard to play against and in terms of like, it's just not going to be like last Sunday. And maybe Corkin, Corkin and and Clare have walked around them. So I just hope we can do it as well. But it, it it's just, I don't know if we'll be able to get our flow like we did straight away against Watford um, on Sunday, like we did against Limerick. That's a clean sweep for tip anyway, just about Sean on Limerick Cork. Limerick, I think Limerick are Limerick. Yeah, they're just I the longer they hang around the championship lads, I think I'd get worried. Colm, you're on Cork for the surprise. I'll join yeah, you. I'll stick I'll stick to my guns on Cork, Kevin. I'm not uh, happy that you're also joining me on this yeah, because I know I, I rarely get these things wrong now, in fairness. <laughs> uh Stephen. I'm gonna go with Limerick. I think those small facets of Limerick's uh game and play Sunday that had us in real trouble but we were able to physically then get back into their face I don't think Cork can do it physically they might be able to run Limerick all over the place which they th- they, they they did give them trouble before uh, but I, th- I think Limerick's physicality and skill set will is better and I think they will they will win it the weekend and all, all I think this Monster Championship needs now is just a seminal nationwide moment of gasping when Cork bang in a late goal or something to beat <laughs> Limerick knock him out Twitter goes mad and all the rest of it Sean last up on this one um, Limerick but won't be easy I think it'll take a few late score from maybe but Cork give it all I think Limerick by two points there yeah what's down the to Europa League sorry what's the story with the tip club championship if we get through on there's dates out there, but I'd say they're subject to change. Aren't they? Okay. I think it's all planned on tip going no further than the semi-final. But yeah, divisions are the second week of July, is it? 
for the first yeah, we, we, the, the divisions were all to be wrapped up by about the 10th of July or whatever uh, we'll be that early, no, because uh, well, the the lower grade ones we got word. I I I find it somewhere, and I'll send it into the group that Ballingarry and Skeenerinky the quarter final, the start of July, and I presume then the following weekends will be the semi finals. Following weeks, I'd say there'll be only a week's break between the 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 South final and the county championship. Yeah, and you might need to you might need to throw in a midweek game as well there, just to mm. get things so you could have for like you know the South. Championships, a lot of them just have two rounds, which is all right. But um, you know the three rounds ones, you might have to play three games in eight days or whatever like that. Say up the north or whatever like that. But, but the, look, be a nice problem think, to have. The one thing is, they have to be played anyway because they fall into like the really the rules of running the county championship. Yeah. So they're going to be played no matter what. Like, to be them. honest, if if teams are anyway savvy this year, they'll have copped on that it's a good safety net there. Like yeah, you know, yeah. basically so. Especially yeah, with so the they, they played anyway, but whether played in, whether will be played over two weekends or four weeks, we won't know. Like that's the thing. Mm, yeah, Sean, Europa League time, Dublin, Galway, uh, Galway, boy, Galway. Oh, Kenny Wexford, any point to? No, the Kenny and the big one. Four enough. The ones I had. We know Wexford. Like Wexford have to win, like so, like. Will they be fighting them? Like, I don't know. It's a stranger, but yeah, but it's yeah. like it's, it's not like Kilkenny or Man City or like that. But it's like a relegation fodder going out needing to beat Man City just because they need to yeah. win. Doesn't mean they will. Like they're in that position for a reason. Yeah, I think um, it's probably easy for Wexford to go out and stop Kilkenny than for them to go out and try and hurl a team that they think they're better than. So. They surely give it a rattle. Like they'll surely, they might even like one last hurrah and start O'Keefe and all them boys and just try and get something out of it and get a result. But comes down to that last ten minutes again. Like and they, they haven't done it in the last ten minutes, the last two games. Like yeah, and he, that was any... it. Was probably the last 10, 15 minutes for Dublin kind of got overtaken by Kenny as well. Like they were kind of there, thereabouts and on. They just popped off a few points and that was it. Like Dublin just fell away. But like. Like Wexford can keep into them there, they'll have a chance down the horn straight. Like, and you wouldn't see any of the shocks in any of the other games, Stephen or Colm? Or uh, I'm going to give a nod to Wexford. They're playing against, they'll be up, they'll be mad to play against Kenny. Kenny will probably use the panel, and it's do or die for Wexford. I think they will, I think they'll turn up on the day. I'll give them the nod. Find it hard to care, Kevin, to be honest with you. Um, <laughs> I, I'll go go Kilkenny because I really back against them. Galway will be Dublin. I watched Dublin and and I watched Dublin and Kilkenny on Saturday evening. Dublin are a very frustrating team to look at. Like they've a couple of great hurlers. Your man O'Donnell, the full back, was really good. Uh Donald Burke, oh, who we spoke about yeah. on the pod before, excellent player. Um but Something. then they have a couple of really, couple of really midland hurlers after that, you know. So I just find them a very frustrating team to look at. I'll, so I'll, I'll, I'll go Galway there, and the other one is Westmead and Antrim. Jesus, I, I, I don't know Antrim. For, I go, I go for Antrim there. I think they just, yeah. you know, they've they're seem to, to be the steadier team, and I think yeah. they they need to win that one. And look, at the end of the day, Westmead only scored three points against Wexford in the first half, so they. They haven't magically become a brilliant team over tonight. 
overnight. Big shout out as before we go to the Sarsfields initiative there, the Jersey for Life campaign. Great to see all, all for the Dylan Cork Foundation. Um, some great funds raised raised for that. Uh, great initiative, all the jerseys, a lot of people contributing. So um, really great to see and fair play to Liam Kyle and John Coyley as well on Sunday and all the players highlighting it before the game. We won't pity Austin during the game as well with the specialised jerseys, but you know, it just shows GA is all about community still and there is that willingness to kind of help in any way we can. So, yeah, there were some big, big, big jerseys went last night. Dixon Ryan's jersey went for over 1200, you know, and so there was some massive fundraising done there. Like, you know, and it's all people bidding, they saw the bids like they were going up by 20 there every couple of hours and I'd been on a few of our previous week and didn't win it without bid up. But like, you know, it was a great initiative and fair play to all the lads involved, you know, had a stake and led that. And, you know, it just shows the drive from GA community as a whole. Like, George's come from Donegal and America and there's Australian as Rose George coming in and young lads giving in their own college George. Like, you know, so it shows like kind of togetherness and that. But it's a pity that it was touching a Sunday game that just couldn't wear on the jerseys the other day during the game like you know um, it would have been great for photos of the game no a great game and if you're looking back at it that was on it and one of the first biggest games of the stadium since Dylan's passed it would be great but hopefully GA come around with some sense and laws and come in down the line that might be able to kind of help with their put on the sleeves of the jersey even or some kind of thing Exactly yeah. and hopefully Tipperary County Board will be at the forefront of lobbying for that like you know um, listening to clubs maybe and getting on board with that also big shout out to the Manaw, the Camogie, great win in Monster Monster Champions. They're great scenes, I suppose, after and all that. So look fantastic to see. Um, if we have more time, maybe we'll, we'll um, just engage a bit more with them, I think, just in depth on another week. But like, yeah, Jesus, that was a great, a great win there to dominate that final. Uh, big fair play to them. Right, lads, that's it. All done till the, till the next Sunday. So thanks a million all. Thanks, Kev. Thanks, lads. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. 
Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry shampoo, Chantilly cake and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.